on the second day, he was on the floor laughing that hard, he had to jump up and go to the toilet because he nearly weed himself. How are you doing, Dale? Wicked, dude. Absolutely wicked. I'm winning. I'm happy. It's a beautiful day and I'm here talking to the legend. And I'm here talking to a legend in the make. You are such a lovely guy. And do you know what, Dale? I have to tell you, uh, the first time we met was at that park, wasn't it? And do you know what? From there, we just we just kicked off, didn't we? We just kicked right. it off, and it's been it's been such a, an epic journey. I think we've known each other what ten months, and it's like I've known you ten years. I know. And it, the thing is, when we do meet again, because we will meet again, it'll be exactly the Absolutely. same. Absolutely. It's like a brother thing, right? It's just... Totally, yeah. And you know what? Good people attract good people. It's a magnetic thing. I always talk about this, actually, when I'm doing my morning motivational talks. What you think about, you become. And what you what you project out there ultimately comes back to you in abundance. So if you're projecting really good positive vibes, kindness, love, care, this and that, it's going to come back to you in abundance. Simple as that. Yeah. And that's what we did. We just, we connected on a different level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and dude, I always, I always say as well that you are the best hugger in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I try and hug people in that way. <laughs> I, do you know what? I love hugging. I love hugging people. I love showing people affection because I think it's very important. Uh, there's not a lot of it out there. Um, and I know you work a lot with kids. And, um, and do you know what? I think when you show affection, if you're a parent, if you're a, a loved one, if you're a brother, a sibling, a cousin, whatever cousin, it's nice to show that affection. I used to do it, my dad and me, we were never really affectionate, okay? So we had that kind of respect attitude towards each other. I mean, he worked from like 6 a.m. till 7 p.m. every single day. So I didn't really get to know my dad till I was well into my teens. Right. Um, and I kind of, he was there. I knew him. I loved him. Why I loved him, I didn't know, apart from the fact that he was my dad. But I didn't have a relationship with him. I, I, I wasn't like, come on, let's go and go to the park and do this and do that play football together we didn't really have that kind of relationship so one of the things we had was the respect and so when I see my dad I would always even as a young man I would always cuddle him kiss him you know all that and that's kind of progressed to my friends my relatives people I even people I don't know I kind of show them affection I, I give them a cuddle when I meet people because I just like to show that you know there is a lot of love out there and everyone and anyone can actually give you that without it being anything more than just friendship. Amazing. Dude, I really want to really want to tackle, if it's OK with your permission, your relationship with your dad. In a Absolutely. moment, I would. Oh, my gosh. But I would love for you to because I want my audience to see and witness the, the delight, which is which is Kevin Ordenborough. So to tell Pleasure. me, who are you? What are you up to? What's going on? Okay, so my name's Kev Orkian. I'm a comedian, uh, musician, actor, singer, uh, speaker, uh, and a business owner. Um, I own uh, a business. I own four businesses, all in the entertainment industry. One's to do with comedy clubs, or two are to do with comedy clubs. Sorry, one's to do with uh, agency and cruise ships and corporates, and one's to do with uh, pantomimes. So I've been in the business 28, 29 years. I've toured all over the world more times than I can count. Um, I headline in Vegas every year. I headline in South Africa every other year. Uh, I do a national tour and international tour of my one-man show uh, to 46, 47 cities around the world. Um, I do pantomime in different countries. I'm one of the only comics that does. Um, if anything, I think I am the only comic that's actually done pantomime in three different countries. So, yeah, I love what I do, Dale. And that's kind of what who I am and what. And I love 
spreading positivity to the world because do you know what that is so important now after the pandemic and everything that's happened i think positivity is a massive massive it's a drug for us we need it we do need it bro we do need we do need this as well a hundred percent because there's so much going on in the world and has gone on that it's it's almost like people are not everybody but often a bit sluggish like they're walking through tar just to get yeah. back to their normality however I don't want them to get back to their normality. I want them to use this massive experience to help them become them 2.0. I want them to become better yeah. because of this experience. Um, just a quick question, though, bro. This is something that I'm really interested in. How many people would you guess that you've impacted worldwide? Number. I want a number. Okay. Uh, Guess-wise, if I had to be absolutely honest, if I told you, and I'm going to do it like this, so that when you see the guess, you go, oh, wow, okay. So I've raised uh, close to probably a couple of million pounds for charity. So to do that, to do that, and that's a lot of kids' charities, by the way. Uh, so to do that, you have to do uh, quite a lot of charities a year. And I've been doing it since I was uh, 30, 33, 34. I'm 48 now. So during those last 12 years 12 13 years maybe longer actually with a stand-up i started in 2006 with a stand-up um i've toured around the world uh nine times and in each city i performed to probably anything between a thousand and four thousand people a show i've done 455 cruises which means every cruise ship you're performing to roughly around 1500 to 3000 passengers uh, per cruise yeah uh i've done the thirst of christmas spectacular which is 124,000 people in eight weeks um i've done uh the o2 arena which is roughly around 21,000 people a night so all in all if you add all those and multiply them by the amount of cruises comedy clubs corporates and world tours it's got to be between five and ten million people Dude, I'm just, I'm just I, I, and I bet you treasure every single experience. Every single one. Yeah, and you can't please everyone, Dale. You can't please everyone. No. So you get the odd, um, you know, people that complain and this and that, whatever. But ultimately, you know what? If you're not, if you're not getting a complaint, you're probably not doing it right anyway. <laughs> so well, so you just got to go with it. 100%. So, so just a slightly off piece a second. That's what I do. So I'm teaching kids to create their and find and discover their own passion and purpose on this planet and establish a solid work ethic. And sometimes to do that, we need to use social media. We don't have to, but it's okay. there. I'd rather than be a creator as opposed to a consumer. And sometimes they get a hater, Kev. They get a hater. And I, and exactly what you just said. I was like, what? You got, that's, that means you made it. Awesome. Yeah. Let's keep going. And let's be nice yeah. to them. What you do is subjective. Doesn't matter what it is in life. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's subjective. Some people go, oh, I can do that better. Some people go, oh, actually, that's not bad. You know, so it's subjective. Comedy, very much that. And yeah. comedy is very much, you know, people go, oh, well, you know, we, um, you know, we, we, we enjoyed Kev, but, you know, it, uh, we heard that joke before or we heard that piece of music before or, you know, I didn't really enjoy him. I didn't really enjoy his. Yeah. I mean, everything is subjective. At the end mm. of the day, what I do is I just thank people the fact that they've come, they've come and supported the show, they've come and been part of the experience. And if they enjoy it, they enjoy it. If they don't, they don't. It's honestly, for me, it's I enjoy it. I love it so much. And if I love it, then hopefully everyone else does. 
But that's all that matters, bro, because as you're extending that enjoyment and pleasure and positivity to other people, and it's up to them if they want yeah, to totally. reflect. They can either they can either dispute dispute that and, and be kind of negative, as it were, or they can actually find the good in that. Well, hey, what, why, did, why would you want to focus on that one joke? How about you focus on the 99 other jokes that you actually laughed at? You know, but that's okay. Yeah, but that's, that's it. Okay. No, we're not all the same. We're not all the same. No. Simple as that, isn't it? So, dude, okay, so, you, as you know, I work with kids. This is, a, I'm going to do a podcast, well, I'm actually flowing through a podcast called the Young Life Warrior Podcast, and you're going to be, well, you're on it now. So, I want to make it around children. Now, I know for a while that you're a father. I know for a while that you have um, been a child in your life. I also know that you've been doing some jungler experiences with kids, yep. which is amazing. So I want to tackle each one of those three things. So, sure. bro, dad, you as a dad, or junglers and kids? Let's start with um. Let's start with the um the more deep stuff, which is dad, um, because um, like I said to you, um, and for all your students that are listening, my dad was very much the um the dad that just went out and worked all the time, and and you know, and I only saw him at the weekends, uh, and even then. It was um, very kind of quite formal because Sundays would be, uh, sorry, Saturdays would be mow the grass, um, you know, or mow, sorry, mow the lawn, uh, clean the car, um, go and do your um, your chores, go and make your bed, hoover the floors, this, that. We were never allowed to sit down as children. Um, it was a, a very ethnic thing, but mm. it was very much like, no, 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 Kev's sitting down. He's not doing anything. Get up, do something. Come on. It was that kind of thing because procrastination is not allowed in the family so that kind of really got me motivating to wanting to work all the time I and I love what I do I love my job I love everything I do but not seeing my father I became my own man I, I didn't rely on oh what does dad do at the weekends or what does dad do in the evenings you know that kind of thing because I, I hardly ever saw him yeah. and I grew up um and when we went out my mum would force him to take me with him to go and play snooker with his friends and I'd go and We'd play and we didn't speak. We just played together on, on the pool table or the snooker table. And then that was it. So I never had that relationship with him. It was only as and when I got into my 13, 14, 15 year old. And I started kind of having that relationship with him where we would do things together and it would be great. And we'd, we'd go on, uh, you know, on holidays and we'd talk, you know, more. I still didn't, I still didn't have that communication level with him. I was around him more. Um, but I can tell you right now that, Part of that reason was because of my mum. Uh, my mum was very much the control. She was the one that wore the trousers in the family. She controlled everything. Uh, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. Don't sit down, go out there. Do, do, do. And it's funny because, and maybe some of your students might relate to this, but um, I kind of grew up following my heart, wanting to do what I wanted to do, what made me smile, what made me happy. And that to me was performing. So I wanted to perform all the time and I wanted to go out there and be a star in the West End and this and that, whatever. And I pursued my dreams, to be honest, against my family's wishes, because my family wanted me to have a proper job, be an electrician, a plumber, a you know, whatever the case may be. And I got into the West End when I was uh, 17, 18. Um, and then I stayed in the West End till I was 31. So I did basically all the rock and roll musicals you can imagine. Problem was the control aspect of what my mum used to do started fizzling away because she couldn't have control over 
you know, where am I going? What am I doing anymore? It was like, well, Kev's away on tour for a year. So I don't know where he is, what he's doing. So I'd call every day, mum, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. So that kind of aspect of being a student and, and being a performer and then being a child at home started fizzling away. So much so, sadly, my mum hasn't spoken to me in seven years. And the reason she hasn't spoken to me in seven years is because she's lost all control. Because then I became a dad and I started looking after my children. And she would be like, well, you don't know what you're doing. And I'd be like, well, just watch me, mum. Maybe you'll see if, if I'm doing it okay. And I'd do it right. And she'd get she'd get very annoyed that I did it right. Um, and there wasn't, there wasn't that proud element. It was more like, I'm in control. I should be telling you what to do. That I, I've, I've had children. You haven't. That kind of. So uh, it was quite a... A kind of a, a kind of we used to fight all the time we were quite uh clashy all the time and um and i think she just felt it easier to move away from me um even though they only live 15 minutes up the road i haven't seen her in six years so six or seven years something like that so what i'm saying is i think there'll come times in your life as a student where you have to make a decision whether you make other people happy or you make yourself happy and for me i there was no compromise. I had to make me happy first because by making me happy, I'd make everyone else in the world happy. So I pursued my career as a performer, as a musician, even though my, it was my mum's dream to play the piano uh, for me. Um, I ended up being a concert pianist. Um, and I know she was very proud of that, but it just goes on and on. And, and I think it gets to the point where you, you know that once you've made yourself happy, then it's, it's quite easy to make other people happy because you're, you can, you've got enough of it to give back. Mm-hmm. um so that's that's what happened dale to me and um and to this day uh it was only four years ago that i forgave me um for my mum's um non-conversations the fact that she didn't want to speak to me anymore so i was always angry at her and do you know what happened i forgave myself i went kev you've done nothing wrong stop badgering yourself stop beating yourself up you're a good man don't be hard on yourself so i forgave me which then actually ultimately ended up um, giving me the power to forgive my mum for what she's done. And do you know what? I've got no qualms. She's going through hard times, mental health, um, a lot of problems. And I'm always there for her. But the truth of the matter is, I love my mum. But unfortunately, we can't control other people. We can't. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and strong and expressing that, Kev. I really appreciate that, dude. That's right. And this this is great because in, in what you've just delivered just now, people and children that are listening to this will realise that actually being vulnerable is a real strength and it's important. Absolutely. To... Yeah. And um, and actually, one of my mates has just joined um, a guy called um, Mark. Um, Mark. And, and during yeah, Mark Williams is a great magician and uh, actually one of the best in the country. And I can tell you right now, during the pandemic, we were in conversation with each other a lot because you're as 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 as, you know, performers you're trying to lift each other up. Now, you and I were predominantly always in Winners Club every single morning. And we were talking to each other and we were always trying to big each other up. You know, oh God, I'm going through a tough time. I've, I've got no work. Don't worry, mate. It's going to come back. It's going to go. But away from that, my other friends, there was we didn't have that connection. So the fact that I spoke to, uh, you know, Mark Williams, there was another guy called Matt and a couple of other people. And you lift each other up. I think that kind of kindness during the pandemic really saved a lot of people not just from you know being very depressed but mental health it, it helped us all mm, 100% and that constant contact between each other like the camaraderie is so important so yeah. important yeah and it, it was what's wonderful is it's kind of we were all going through it at the same time yeah we were 
there was a little bit of negativity with certain aspects of, of, of people, and that's okay. But that we have permission and self forgiveness to move away and be and be with people. Uplift us up, which is exactly something that you do with with comedy, uh, value, honor, and strength. And I can't believe it's taken me this long to get you on a live with me, bro. Seriously, what's wrong? <laughs> so you, you were talking on there, which is wonderful. I think maybe I'm I'm hearing your dad had a very strong work ethic, and I'm very thankful because if I don't, if if he didn't do that with you, I don't think you'd be where you are today because you are true. Work, work ethic you've got a good work ethic you've got a strong heart and it's powerful but what i'm really struggling to understand is what gave you the audacity not to listen to your parents what gave you because i mean come on let's face it you, you should have got a real job young man but no you were just wanting off at the west end and doing whatever the fudge you wanted to do so what gave you the audacity to do that and what advice? Two-fold question. What, what advice? I think it's a really good question. I've never been asked this question before, and I think it's quite an easy one to, to answer. I was not going to compromise on what my heart was um, what my heart was shining at. Yeah, but these, um, these, yeah, these are your parents. So why, why were you defying them? Come on, they, they, they're your culture architects. They raise you. They push you, they give you shelter, they give you food, they give you clothes, they give you a house. They, they've imprinted onto you in the imprint face of 0 to 7. What gave you the... To, to not listen to them? I Do you know what? I don't think it was not even listening to them. I think what happened was I had already put in my mind that even though my parents don't want me to do as such what I'm doing, the fact remains... If I can prove to them what I'm doing and showing them how happy I am with it, they will see that my happiness cannot be compromised uh, in any way. So it wasn't I was going against them. I was trying to show them that my happiness, my the brightness that I, I live comes from doing what I do, which is walking on stage and making people laugh. Amazing. So. In, in, in its own way, you, you, the way you explained that tells me that you were, in a roundabout way, attempting to put your own way, your own method. Yeah, to make them proud in some way, shape or form is exactly what it was. And, and I can tell you right now, uh, when they saw me in the West End with my first ever sorry, my second ever credit. My first one was me and my girl. I played the lead. I took over from Brian Connolly. Um, my second show was Fame, the musical, which I was playing one, well, I was playing the lead comedy role in it. And um, and I walked on stage and we were in the West End. We were in the Victoria Palace. And I just basically um, invited them uh, to the show. They watched it. After the show, they saw me get bombarded by shed loads of fans wanting autographs and this and that, whatever. And they came up to me. And I remember my mum always saying to me, we are very proud of you. Uh, we see you at home. And she didn't cuddle me. She didn't kiss me. She didn't do anything. And then I got home. Uh, and uh, and I was still living with my mom and dad at that point. When I got home, I said, did you enjoy the show? They said, it was very good. Well done. That was it. There was nothing more to it. So it was a hard graph for them to accept me as a performer, I, su- I, I suppose. But now they saw that you cannot deny a child's smile and a child's happiness when they're doing what they love doing. And I've always said, by the way, Dale, 
if you follow your heart and you do what you love doing, um, you will be in the 1% of this planet doing exactly what we were born to do and uh, follow your heart's happiness. And if you're not doing it, which is 99% of the world, you know, doing something that don't, they don't really enjoy, it's a real shame. It is a real shame. It is a real shame. Every single person on this planet is born with a set of micro talents and powerful talents. And for them never to discover them, it's, it's heart-wrenching, Kev. It's so heart-wrenching. So it yeah. made me come... Yeah, just, yeah. just make, maybe the fact that almost your parents didn't really want to reflect on the fact that they didn't really believe in you to begin with and and, and maybe not digging into that might, could have exposed them to thinking, actually, we, 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 we should have pushed him even more. Because obviously people, when they look at themselves in the mirror, if they don't like the look, they, they, they blank it out or they look away or, or they or they masquerade it in some way, shape or form. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I think, you know, I, I don't blame them for it because my parents were very poor, um, but they were hard workers. And I think they, they, they certainly instigated a lot of uh, their principles onto us. Um, so when it came to hard work, I, I wasn't afraid to, to put in the time and the hours to, to learning how to tap dance or how to sing properly or how to do because it's just something I enjoyed doing. Yeah, amazing. So tell me this, good friend of mine, she's logged on, Katie Odlin. Tell me this, and she is, uh, she's got, got she's a, a wonderful mother to an amazing daughter. So, Kev, what lessons did you not learn from your parents that you incorporate in your parenting? <laughs> one thing, as in one, the things that I, that they did that I don't want to do. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. So, so, so what, was, there, was there any hidden lessons that they did that you didn't want to do that you chose to do the opposite and incorporated in your raising your child right now? Children, sorry, right yeah. now. Yeah, there was one. There was one very major one that I can tell you right now. I think we all go through it. We've all been through it categorically. Uh, and I can tell you right now that my mother and father were massively detrimental to my um, my money education. Um, because for them, they believed you worked, you earned, you paid out your taxes, you paid out the rest for your um, shopping and bills. Uh, whatever you had left over, you saved up and then you went on a holiday if you could afford it. And then when you got to 65, you retired and you lived off the um, off the state. Simple as that. That's what they said. So the potential of actually being financially free at a young age, um, putting money away, how to save money, how to uh, actually be money savvy. I learned on my own back when I was in my 30s, early 30s, when I was in a £120,000 debt from six from six um, at the age of from the age of 26 to the age of 31 i was in 125 i'd accumulated apologies 125000 pounds worth of debt um, that i had accumulated through a bad loan for 45 grand and six or seven credit cards all maxed out between 4 and 6000 pounds each um, and uh, 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 that was that bit and then I'll never forget, I was actually at home. Uh, in a house that had a, it was a three bedroom, uh, staggered, detached house, beautiful house. I still own it, but um, uh, it's, it's on rental now. But at that particular house had a window that overlooked the street uh, in the kitchen. And I remember washing my dishes one day thinking all I'm ever doing is paying off interest. 
How, how is that possible for a guy who's in his late 20s, early 30s, who should be now, you know, having at least, you know, a few hundred thousand pounds in his bank account and this, that, whatever. And I'm sitting there with nothing in my bank account, paying out on interest on one credit card at 126 quid a, um, a month, the other 156, another one at 99. And I'm like, I'm, I'm in a world, I'm in a whirlpool. I'm not, I'm not able to get out of it. And I sat there and I, I was looking out the window and I was single at that point. I, I split up from my fiance and I just looked out the window and I went, why have I got five cars? And I literally looked out the window and went, why have I got five cars? I had a Range Rover, a Land Rover, a smart car, a Peugeot 307 and a BMW Z3. That was in the James Bond movie. I've got five cars. And I'm like, look at it going, what? Okay, hold on a minute. So I literally went out there. I took photographs of all the cars, except the one I wanted to keep. Took photographs of all of them, put them all on eBay. Um, and, um, and I said, this is what they're going for. Uh, come and get them, please. I went to uh, the DBLA and I got back all my car road tax. I got all the money. Uh, that I wanted from the cars. Um, a, a couple of people knocked me down a couple of hundred quid, but that doesn't matter. Got all the cars. I paid off every single car, finished those off as well because I had car loans. Done all that. Finished all that off. Everything done and dusted. Suddenly, I started changing my life. That was at the age of 30. At the age of 31, I, I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Changed my life. I went and did the course. I bought my second house. Um, and since then, Dale, I narrowed down the money education to the point where I went, this is how it is meant to be. This is how you're meant to do it. Today, I am financially free, um, but I own quite a lot of properties now. Um, I own a big business. I mean, if you can look around, I've got my, this is my, uh, this is my office. where all the shows, all the jonglers. Yeah, that's where it all happens. All in there. My team, yeah, my team uh, have left for the day now. They're all done and dusted because I don't have those nine to five terms at all. You come, you work, you give me the time you want, but bloody do a good job. And that's how I say to people. And I'm financially free, like I said. And um, and I'm now passing that education on to students, saying to them, start early, start early. Amazing. So that's the, the money mindset, setting yourself some targets. Money, money mindset, something my parents a, never, ever taught me. That's cool. And you've incorporated that learning with your kids as well. And if anything, they can see the, what you've achieved. They can, yeah. they can they absorb that, right? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. See, the thing is, what your students don't know, which they will know in time, but something they can learn very quickly now is that money is everywhere. Mm. Money is everywhere. And the less you think about the money and more about giving good quality back to people in something they are missing in their lives, the money you will make will be unprecedented. Mm. So mark my words. Let me just say that again. If you can give someone something they're missing from their life and not not so much as a, uh, a business aspect, but more of an emotional aspect, you are going to make millions and millions and millions of pounds because everyone is going to want to know what you know. And it's as simple as that. Mm. Wow. So true, though, isn't it? But it's just been a massive suppression with the education system and, and the schooling system. They, they, they don't want to teach people that. No. They want to. 99% asleep whereas what we want to do is help expand the 1% by making it 2% and 3% this is this is why I do what I do this is this is why you probably do what you do and the way you educate people it's that's just, right 
help them expand their mind to think, you know what, you can, by the way, do what you want to do, follow your heart and get paid for it. Dude, like the other day, I feel like a bit of a performer. Yes, when was it? Monday. I was in a school and I was there all day and I, Kev, I loved it. And, 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 I, and, I, and I, at the end of it, on the drive home, I went all quiet. I just got paid for that. Yeah. And it's something you love doing. It makes you, if it makes your heart sing, can you imagine? Paul Daniels, the magician, once said to me, I said, I wish I could be as successful as you. No, that was Bobby. That was Cannon and Ball. Cannon and Ball said to I said to Cannon and Ball once, I wish I could be as successful as you because they were the most successful double act um, in the 80s. And he said to me, Kev, anymore, bless him. God rest his soul. He said, Kev, he said, do you, um, do you earn your money by performing? I said, yes. He said, do you tour around the world doing your one man shows? Yes. He said, do you pay your bills and feed the family with the money you're earning from the shows that you do? I said, yes. He said, you're as successful as me then. He said, don't wow. ever forget that, uh, which I thought was quite profound. But then um, Paul Daniels once said to me, he said, I wake up in the morning. He said, and he said, I am the luckiest person on the planet. He said, because I play with my toys during the day and I play with them in the evening and I get paid for it. Oh, I love wow. it. He did that. Yeah. Paul Daniels. He used to make he used to make magic tricks during the day. He used to yeah. present them to Debbie McGee and, and other friends. He used to kind of perform it. And in the evening, he'd go and earn 10 grand doing the same magic trick and knowing that he's perfected it and he's done it right. That's phenomenal. Isn't that phenomenal? I play my toys in the day and play them at night but get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? That's absolutely genius. Oh, I love that so much. So, dude, again, thank you so much for being so vulnerable. We shared a little bit about your family. We shared about what, what would be the number one lesson that you, you didn't get from your parents and how you incorporate that True. with your children. Um, and you are, for some farcical reason, I know what the reason is, but for some farcical reason, you are helping kids perform and tell jokes and use humour and jungulars. Why the fudge pop are you doing that? Do you know what? I don't think kids were given it, are given in, in uh, an enough of a voice. Um, and I know you do this because I, you're a massive advocate. I, I, I love what you do, Dale. And I'm not just saying that for this purpose. I love what you do. Uh, it inspires me. It truly does. And when we did the last Jonglers Kids Comedy Camp, which was the money was raised via a winner's club. We gave back 30 children the opportunity to do stand-up comedy because in stand-up comedy it's about taking your life situation your jokes your life your stories and turning them into comedic stories for people to enjoy and listen to that's literally what it is and a lot of children don't have the capacity of being able to do that a lot of children don't have the power uh, of being able to communicate and i'll tell you a, a, a wonderful story which backs onto this the last one we did which we got the money from um, winners uh, we had a wonderful young man who hadn't really spoken, spoken uh, for a good number of uh, years. I think two. He'd been very muted to a certain degree, but also he'd been in and out of hospital. Uh, he'd had more operations on his back um, than any child that they've experienced, apparently, on this occasion. So this kid was really down in the dumps. And he turned up and his mum said, look, he'll want to come along. He'll want to be part of it. But I don't know how much he'll give you as far as verbal goes and physical. No problem. I said, no problem. So he came in. Wonderful young man. 
we spoke, we had a good gig, we had a chit chat, whatever. On the second day, he was on the floor laughing that hard, he had to jump up and go to the toilet because he nearly weed himself. That was on the second day of doing the stand-up comedy Jonglers tour. Four days we did the Jonglers Kids Comedy Camp and all our children were telling jokes, doing stand-up, being expressive, learning to talk and coming out of their shell. And that's what it's about. Ultimately, it's not always about telling the joke. It's actually about helping kids understand communication and getting them to talk and, and actually express themselves through the art of stand-up comedy. And that's that's absolutely genius and beautiful. Genius and beautiful. Because We're how... trying to go around doing it anywhere we can, really. Yeah, well, I need to know where the next one is, 100%. Um... So I can tell you right now, the next oh. one we're doing April, uh, April 4th, uh, 11th to the 14th. And we're doing it in uh, Hertfordshire. 11th to the 14th in Hertfordshire. We've got 30 spaces available. Uh, and we're going to try and um, try and get the kids in. We've got, I think, five spaces already taken. So we've got 25 spaces left. And it'll be in Hoddesdon uh, in Hertfordshire, where you can, I mean, the closest station is Broxbourne. Kids come. They have four, it's four days, 10 till 2 o'clock. And we provide food for them as well. That's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I need to get that because I'm going to share that on my page as well. So All right, love. I can share. I can send you the um, image afterwards. I've got somebody in mind. I've got one of my kids in mind, and he's he's hilarious. We've got it's it's, it's so. I want to tackle. <laughs> I want to spoken about because, um, yes, some children are suppressed because adults see them as young and unvalued what they've got to say. But they're some of the most wisest people I've ever met. The wisest people I've ever met. Not about age, about age at all. You know, you've got an experience. You would love it. Yeah. And look, Zane, he would love that. I would love Zane to go. Love Zane to go. He's Come on, my bring him in. Bring, bring him, him in. in. Absolutely. That's what, it's what it's all about. It's about getting kids yeah. to uh, open up and really just like express their, um, you know, mm. their, their talents with us. And, and that's what it's about. You know, we don't we don't put them under pressure and we don't do any kind of showcase at the end. We just come along, write jokes. Let's learn how to tell jokes. Let's do some trust games some some games where we can uh, really get to know each other better. And then uh, how to hold a microphone, how to tell a joke, how to stand up and how to just speak. Mm. And But how good is that with communication? I mean, what is the number one fear in the world in America and England right now? Public speaking. If you That's right. Tackle, my gosh. You, you're you overcoming fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of, fear of judgment. And what skills, how are these skills going to help someone in later life? Well, guess what? It can help them in interview skills. It can help them excel their position in a business. It can help them ask a person out on a date because True. they don't have fear of rejection. Absolutely. See, I never had that problem, Dale. Never had that problem asking a girl out on a date. I just walk up to her and go, excuse me, excuse me. You're not going to do better. <laughs> yeah, well, never worked. Never worked. Well, you are beautiful, so that helps as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice and bro cool so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna because i know you're a very active man and i love and appreciate and respect your time so for the listeners here right now if you could if you had a magic wand and if you could impart one phrase or sentence and i haven't warned you about this so you have to maybe there's something you know right. already there but one phrase or sentence in every single human being's brain on the entire planet what would that phrase be and why for me there's only one phrase 
And that phrase is, no matter whether you're going through hard times or good times, it is crucial to always think positive because positivity breeds positivity. It also attracts it and it also gives it to you in abundance. Mm -hmm. So when you are going through a tough time, like, for example, you've had some bad news or you're stuck in traffic or something horrible's happened. You, you didn't get the school grade you wanted or whatever the case may be. We go through adversity every day of our lives. But thinking positive when you're positive is easy. But thinking positive when you're not positive is the secret to actually having a happy life, because that's when you really make a difference to your life. The more you think positive, the abundance comes. And I trust me, magnetically, every single human being on the planet will benefit from your positivity. No further words said. Absolutely adore that so much, buddy. So much. Ah, you're so fierce and kind at the same time. I don't know how you do it. Get out of here, man. It's not, honestly, you're so kind with your words. You really are. I've, I've never known anyone to come with such wonderful positivity. Like, you're so awesome. And you know what? What you do, by the way, with all credit where credit due, what you do, Dale, is bloody amazing. It really is. Because not only do you come up with these impactful, like, really funny videos. I mean, my God, they're hysterical. But you come up with these incredible ways of actually grabbing the attention of children. And I try, I have many ways that I do things, but I watch you and I, and I see how you do it. And that people really respect that years later. Um, because my wife, for example, uh, ran an orphanage in uh, Mufalani in, the, in Cape Town. And the children all called her mama. Many years later, we went back and those children had now grown up. And it was like as if she had never left. They ran up to her and they gave her a cuddle because the impact she had on their lives, they will never forget. Just like what you're doing, Dale, and hopefully what I'm doing, they will never forget that impact. And it will be an amazing, amazing um, memory for them when they become 18, 20, 25. And you hope, you hope that they will then pass that on to others. 100%. And that's the secret for me. Not a lot of people know this, but when I, I want to help the, the, the next generation, I want to give them abundance. But I also want to give them the tools and the recognition to help their younger generation. And that's the whole purpose of why we do what I'm doing, what I'm doing. So I absolutely adore Absolutely. Um, Kev, just one last question from Jimmy just here. Go for it. Their over-positivity, like being too overly positive, what, what, how, do, how would you say that? Or is it, is, is it bespoke to the individual? I, I, do you know what? Unfortunately, in this day and age, over-positivity comes across some like, sometimes like you're having a mental health breakdown. Right. So what happens is, for example, let me tell you this. Uh, not long ago, about three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, I was in London, Liverpool Street. And I was walking. And in front of me was a, I think she might have been from Tobago, or Barbados, this lovely lady, lovely, very attractive lady in front of me. And we were walking together towards the train. We got on the train. She smiled at me. I smiled back. She then smiled at a few other people, smiled back. And then she just randomly started talking to someone, which I thought was quite refreshing because I do that. And I was hoping that other people do that as well. But she started talking to someone. Then she involved me in the conversation because I got involved. Then she carried on. And then she turned around. She said, do you know what? She stopped. 
in the middle, as we both got off the train, there was a few of us here. She stopped and said, excuse me, can I just tell you something? I said, what's that? She said, you look so handsome in the outfit you're wearing. She said, I love the waistcoat because I like wearing waistcoats. She said, I love your waistcoat. She said, you look really handsome. And I went, thank you. And she went, not a problem. She said, have a wonderful day. So I just like that. I was like, now I did that. And I thought, do you know what? What an awesome human being. Then she stopped another woman and went, my God, your hair is so nice. She said, you've got such lovely hair. And the woman went, oh, thank you. She went, thank you so much. She went, no, your pleasure. She said, you just look nice. She said, I thought you got to know. She said, we've got to spread the positivity. She was literally like that. And as she was walking off, this lady, spreading the positivity, the woman she complimented went, she must be mental, and walked off. So to me, the woman didn't understand that this, this lady was just in, she was having a high of wanting to give positivity out to everyone. And yet that woman interpreted it as, there must be something wrong with her. She's mental. She's going around talking like, when there isn't. People don't understand that when you're on a positive high, nothing actually really, you want to spread it. You want to spread it and share it with the rest of the world. That's what happens to you, but not everyone gets it. That's, that's a, such a beautiful answer. I, I always ask the checkout person how their day is going. I always check yeah. their earrings. I check, see what's going on. I have a bit of a laugh with them. Just to, they, they had a conversation. Two of them were having a conversation with each other about somebody being quite rude a customer and i just cracked a joke and just and made them both laugh and we had a big old big old giggle about it See, that's fantastic yeah um and there was no disrespect to the person that was that, that did have the comment because they could be having a bad day so it's all relative and perspective behind your own eyes um i think by the way kev i think my mom's here so hey mom love you just uh, i think my mom's who's your mom which one's mom mom is ket hancock <laughs> there she is she always pops on <laughs> but she will love you mate she's only just popped on to the to the end of the conversation so um oh she's giving you some hearts there you go don't tell Dad. there she is thank you mama thank you <laughs> right brother listen you're so wonderful you're so powerful so kind so pure i just love it love this conversation it's so love good. you too my brother it's a mutual i can't wait to hang out with you again in real life in the future hopefully it's going to be another party in the park who knows yeah Yes, we are. We're doing that. Yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, cool. definitely. And then hopefully another comedy night sometime soon as well. So we'll get that going. 100%, dude. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'll be in London next week. I'm doing a, um, a talk in London, Victoria. So if, if that's your nearest area, I can just swing in and say hello. Oh, I might just do that, actually, because I'm, 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 I'm going to be in London next week. So I'm going to be in London Monday and Tuesday. So I might do that. On Wednesday, I'm actually going on a cruise. So ah. uh, I'll definitely do that. Amazing. Love that. Cheers, bro. I'm going to contact you. <laughs> Love God bless you, mate. God bless you too, bro. Love to everybody that's listened and stuck around today. We, we Kevin and I, really appreciate you. You're so awesome. Thank you, Jimmy, Absolutely. for the question. And um, everyone else that's just commented and, and liked it. And it, for my audience, please, oh my gosh, make sure you're following this absolute legend. Before we do close, Kev, is there anything you want to offer or anything you want to promote right now at all, apart from Jonglers? Um, well, I mean, there's the Kids Comedy Club, as you know, which is the 11th to the 14th of April. Uh, just get in touch with us by... Um, uh, just just um, DM me on this, um, you know, the real Kev Orkin Instagram. Just DM me, say, just inquire. Um, and we've got loads of comedy shows going out and about uh, all over the country. Uh, just go to uh, www.jonglers.com. J-O-N-G-L-E-U-R-S. Jonglers.com. Loads of comedy shows. Go and have a good laugh. That's what it's all about. You're a legend. Powerful man. Love that. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.